Welcome to the Asylum. And now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. That's right. Welcome back to an all-new episode of the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show presented tonight by DraftKings. Want to get a head start on your daily fantasy season? Then go to arenasportsnet.com right now and click on the banner at the top of the screen. DraftKings, daily fantasy sports for cash. And, Rick, you know it. Please, please play responsibly. I'll try. I will try. I could see a guy getting out of control with that thing. You throw a dollar here, a fiver there. Next thing you know, you're $80 into the thing, and you know you're not going to win any. But listen, seriously, guys, Arena Sports Net, check us out there. You're playing yeah. DraftKings anyhow. For yeah. God's sake, help us out. Go to arenasportsnet.com. Play through there. All you got to do is enter through there. It doesn't cost you any more. Exactly. Nothing it's like all that. the same. You're just helping us. You're helping the station, you know, reach more people. And, um, you know, you'll have fun doing it. Yeah. So uh, You should have Arena Sports Net on anyway. already. So Do it while in. you're listening to the asylum. While you're doing this, you know, we'll give you five seconds. Go ahead. All right. You should be right. in by now. You're in. You're okay. in, right? All right. But, no, yeah, do that. You'll help us out. You'll help out the station. You'll help out our show. And, uh, man, it is it's week high. one, buddy. It's finally it's week one. time. It is finally time. It's a long ride. This is a long off season. Yeah, I almost wish the NFL was like uh, hockey, where they finish up on the 4th of July weekend, and I believe they go to camp next week. Right. NFL, it's a short run. It's a long way, but we are back, baby. As we speak now on the Arena Sportsnet, Carolina and Denver kicking off. Full slate of games month, Sunday, two on Monday. It's go time, buddy. And now we're and just, just on the off chance that you are watching the game on Thursday night instead of listening to Flieger and Briggs, Catch us on iTunes. You don't want to miss our show. And coming this Sunday is the first installation of the Asylum Inside Slant, a live call-in show. We will take all of your calls. We will take the chat room, of course. We'll empty out the mailbag with all your lineup questions and uh, trade questions, whatever it is you have. Call us. Starts, sits, headlines, everything right up. 10 o'clock Eastern, Blog Talk Radio, AsylumFantasySports.com. I believe we'll probably keep it about 90 minutes this year again. Yeah, that's about all we can do is 10 to 1130. And, uh, you know, who knows, maybe we'll get on here too. That'd be nice. I wonder if we could do that here on the Arena Sports Network. We'll find out. Well, Rick, let's get into it. There's a ton of news, but there's really only two stories that matter, Rick. So I'm going to let you pick. Vikings give up a first and fourth rounder to get uh, your boy Sam Bradford or Jamal Charles looking like he's not going to be a go in week one. You, you can pick where we start. Well, I think you know where I'm going to start. I know where start. you're going to start because you want to thump your chest a little bit. You're all over this one. I was. June. I was. I was. It's uh, Jamal Charles is behind schedule, and I tell you what, he's going to be – I think just a 2016 disappointment, and I believe it's the beginning of the end of a superstar. I, I see why you think that, and, and I have a hard time disagreeing with it. But I, I'll tell you this. 
to say all of 2016 is a disappointment, I, I'm actually less apt to believe that because of the fact they're being so careful with him now. My fear would be he would try to push it or the team would try to push him however you want to look at it. He comes back too early and he starts getting nicked up. He's not healthy. He's not 100%. He's not ready to go. Look, this is real bad for Jamal Charles owners who spent a second-round pick on him early on, assuming he was going to be back because this happened long enough ago. I think well, you'd assume he'd be that's back. That's my fear, Rick, is, is he, it happened earlier in the year Right. Then the previous injury did, what, of a couple, three years ago. I can't even remember when it was now. And he's he can't get back. Right. There's something there's something with this injury that's not allowing him to just get to where he needs to be. And that worries me a lot because this guy is not a big bruiser. He is speed, he is agility, he is cut and move. You can't do that. He, you don't. He's not going to succeed. And that's what I wonder. I'm speculating. I've got to assume with with the rehab these guys have, with the top notch medical care these guys have. My assumption has to be, Rick, that this is the, everything that comes along with it. And, and I can speak from experience. You know, you get the knee up and ready, but then you got to build up the muscles around it. You need to get the lateral movement worked back in. There's a lot of things that go into it. I'm wondering if he's just from a in-shape perspective, you know what I mean, Rick, for lack of a better term, is he lacking there? Is that the issue? And that's what they're going to take a couple, three weeks to get him up and up and rolling, and he'll be good to go. So certainly concerning. Certainly a red flag. Just absolutely no question about that, Rick. However, I, I've got to say I feel better about it that he's taken a cautious approach. The team's taken a cautious approach. If this isn't something related to the injury itself, I actually feel better about his prospects down the road here in 2016. Well, you can afford to be optimistic, my friend. I am going to remain pessimistic, and I am not going to allow myself to fall into the category of, you know, I got into a little Twitter thing with somebody. You're always beefing with somebody on (laughs) You always see this. Something, you know, I'm Bob Anderson, I'm an accountant, I am a fantasy football fan, and a Chicondrick West truther. You know. <laughs> oh, I saw your truth. <laughs> was it a legitimate question? Did you not know what a truther was, or were you no, trying to poke I, him a little of bit? Of course I, I was wondered, trying to I wondered poke. as I read that. I mean, but I love the term truther, well. because you... Joe Jerkoff have an opinion. <laughs> all, of a, all of a sudden, that is the truth. Uh, let me uh, get you my know, pen here. The, you're like Carl the Truth. What was that boxer? Carl the Truth Williams. Right? Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> I mean, because you have an opinion. I mean, okay. You think that Jamal Charles is going to be okay in 2016. Right. So you're a truther. Oh, what, I'm a am Jamal I? Charles what am I, truther. a falser? Or a liar. Beca- because I disagree with Maybe you? Maybe you're a liar. Well, no. I mean, this is, well, but this is it's, twi- it's hysterical. No, this is Twitter. So if you disagree with me, it's one of two things. It's either a personal attack on me or you're so stupid you've got your pants on. 
over top underneath your underwear. <laughs> I mean, that's the way it is. There's no varying opinions. <laughs> that's my point. You either attacked uh, Mr. Joe Jerkoff, <laughs> as you so eloquently stated, or you're just completely stupid. It's got to be one of those that's, two. That's my so point. So if I'm a Jamal Charles truther, you're either Joe Jerkoff or stupid. Which one is it, Rick? Which are you? You tell me. I'm a truther. Also, <laughs> oh, now you're a truther. Good. Yeah, see? I did see that. I, I love when you get in there. You just poke people, <laughs> and I know what you're doing because I know <laughs> you, and, and you're somehow you're, you're a big jerk to people, but you're polite enough that they don't realize it till 15 minutes into the conversation, where I can smell it a mile away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's a belief in a player, blah blah blah. Oh, I very said, serious. oh, so it's an opinion. <laughs> I mean, simple as that. I think we all have those. Exactly. All right, Rick, as we talked about earlier, Vikings send a first and fourth rounder to the Eagles for Sam Bradford. (sighs) You know. I I get why they did it. I I don't have an issue with it. I get why they did it. I mean, I do like the fact that Philly's picking up 11 million of the 18 million tab, but still, they're into them for 7 million bucks plus a first and a fourth. That's a steep price for a mediocre quarterback with two bum knees. Right. My understanding was the first rounder, it basically came down to the decision. I don't think they necessarily had to give up a first rounder, but somehow with the cap implications to bring on that $7 million or whatever the cap – I don't know if the Eagles pick up whatever percentage of that salary. Does part of the cap hit go to the Eagles or does it, does it all go to the Vikings? I'm not going to pretend to be smart enough to understand how all this works. But the Vikings basically, if they're going to have Sam Bradford on their roster, can't have a first-round pick next year because they can't afford to sign him. That's what it came down to. Yeah, right. No doubt. So, look, I, I get it, you know, and there's all big news. Oh, they make that trade, and, and Sean Hill still listed the star. Well, of course it is. Sam Bradford just got off the damn airplane. Right. Give him a week or two. And I, I heard some other places where they give Sean Hill the start, but Bradford was going to get some snaps, and they were going to ease him. And that just makes sense. Well, you know? yeah, he doesn't know, know the playbook, and he's got to get used yeah. to – the personnel, yeah, the everybody losing. Well, you made this deal, and they're still starting Sean Hill. Well, yeah. no kidding. Yeah, yeah I mean, quarterback doesn't just come off the airplane and start for this other team. So, look, I think down the road, look, it's still a loss losing Bridgewater, but I think this helps any potential weapons in Minnesota. Looking at the fantasy perspective of this thing, you know what? Kyle Rudolph's a guy I'm really intrigued by all of a sudden because a huge percentage more than any other starting quarterback in the league last season of Sam Bradford's touchdown passes go to the tight end. So Rudolph's a guy, I think there was a lot of places he wasn't drafted, but somewhere late. What I'm saying, Rick, is the only one who could get a real bump from this in Minnesota. I'm worried about what's going to happen in Philadelphia. That, but is that a product of Bradford or, or the system? I mean, look at him with, with the Rams. Yeah, there wasn't. You pick tight end from the Rams. Well, they never did anything. Well, they didn't throw any touchdowns <laughs> when they were in St. Louis. And for the most part, he was doing what we were doing on Sunday, sitting somewhere with his, one of his busted-up <laughs> knees up in the air watching the game. So that's hard to draw that comparison. Now, when you look at it on the Philadelphia side, saying Carson Wentz is going to be the number one, you know, two guys, I was so high on Zach Ertz. Where did I have him in my rankings, Rick, when we did this I two forget, weeks? Probably fourth, or fourth or fifth. Or fifth I had right. him high. Jordan Matthews, another guy I'm a lot higher on than other people. (laughs) Down the drain. Ertz, maybe. I always like the tight end with the young quarterback. Terrified for what this means for Jordan Matthews. Oh, yeah. I mean, I do not like Philadelphia's chances at all. 
they're obviously playing for the future, picking up some draft choices. Oh, they're just dealing everything sure. away. They have just punted this season, 100% exactly. punted Minnesota, it. I agree with you. It's an upgrade for Minnesota uh, over Sean Hill. And it actually gives them, with that defense, and, of course, Adrian Peterson, you know, a, lit- a legitimate shot to make some noise in that division. Look, it's Green Bay's division oh. to lose, but – I can still see Minnesota as a wild card if things fall their way. Possibly. I mean, you know, and we'll get into that later on in a different segment. I believe the next segment we're going to give the full NFL preview. So get your bookie on hold right now, and we'll let you know uh, division, playoffs, right down to the Super Bowl. You You get those bets in now. All right, Rick, what do we got? Uh, Kristen Michael right now listed ahead of Thomas Rawls on the depth chart. Pete Carroll says uh, basically they're just going to ease Thomas Rawls in. Any any fear bother you at all? I think it makes sense. You ease Rawls back in. I still think he's going to be the guy when it's all said oh, and yeah. done this year. Christine Michael, you know, let's let's not be Christine Michael truthers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean he's a legitimate backup. He's a James Starks. He's not a guy. He's not. A bell cow. He's not going to be the guy. I wouldn't think, no. So, look, early on, Rawls owners, I'm one of them in a a couple of leagues. I think I'm going to back off of him a little bit, especially week one here. Oh, yeah. But I think come week four, you're going to have the guy, at least I expect, who could perform as a top 12. I don't know how long it's going to take him to get back, if the final numbers are going to show that. But I think he's going to perform as that as the season goes on. Yeah, it's very possible. And, I mean, Seattle, they're a force to be reckoned with, and a lot of it depends on the run game, and I don't think it's going to be Christine Michael. It's no, Thomas Rawls. No, it, it's going to be Thomas Rawls. Uh, Arian Foster, Rick, listed ahead of your boy Jay Ajayi right now. Boy, there's a stunner, huh? Does it, does it mean anything to you? Another one you predicted Yeah, he's on. a better running back than Jay Ajayi. <laughs> and, so, no, I mean, that's certainly not a, a surprise. At all. Ajayi. Yeah, Ajayi. And Ajayi. Yeah. One more. Yeah. Ajayi. All right. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> you know, it fosters the guy. As long as he's healthy, he's the guy. Here's another one. You're on a roll here. You're in a bit of a heater. I'm getting nervous for all the leagues we're in together this season because every stupid thing that's come out of your mouth in the last three months has come true. You know, I got lucky. All the nerdniks told us that Ajayi was going to be the guy. They told us that last year, but that this year definitely Ajayi. was going to yeah. be the guy. And yeah. and said. I just never had all that much faith in Ajayi. Yeah, Ajayi. A little <laughs> slow there, pal. Yeah, it's, uh, he, you wore him out. He <laughs> yeah. said it about eight times. So, look, Arian Foster is going to be fantastic for the first five or six weeks till he gets hurt again, and then it'll be time for Ajayi. Maybe. And we'll see Maybe what Foster will stay healthy. Maybe. Maybe. I think Ajayi is going to get plenty of work. Oh, yeah, he'll get enough work. But Foster, he's going to, in a PPR format, he's going to catch, catch a ton of Ajayi. passes for our English-speaking listeners. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he's going to get in the end zone a lot. He's going to, you know, if you're inside the 10, Arian Foster's got himself a little bit of history finding that goal line, and he's going to be the one to get there. So, uh, cuts and re-signings, Rick. I don't know if anything uh, stuck out to you there. Uh, Broncos cut uh, your boy butt fumble sign with Dallas that means nothing why that leads every newscast I don't understand I don't either who cares you know we'll talk about Dak Prescott a little bit later on big one for me Rick and we we heard this was coming Broncos cut Ronnie Hillman so it looks like 
you know, C.J. Anderson going to give be given every opportunity to be the guy early on. That that's big headlines. I'll tell you what, Ronnie Hillman could be an asset wherever he lands. As of this uh, this airing here, he's I have nowhere. not heard that he's. I heard there's five or six teams interested that he's talked to, but hasn't made a move. So it'll probably be mid-season before he's in any form to to really contribute to another offense, right. but something to keep on. But I think it's good now. So you've, we've, you've always got two issues with C.J. Anderson. Yeah, I, God, it's, we spend so much time saying Hillman and C.J. Anderson into these mic, microphones. I'm almost tired of it. So there's always two question marks. What's the workload distribution going to be? That's been resolved. You know, they got those other eight guys named Mo that every fantasy expert, I do the air quotes for those of you on the uh, on the video feed, which we're trying again. I don't know if you noticed, Rick, I had to get up. I hadn't turned on the uh, audio processor. That's what I got up for. So awesome. This, this segment's only going to be good for halfway through, but that's all right. So you take that out of it. This is going to be C.J. Anderson's job. Now what can he do with it? With, with your boy Trevor Simeon. You know, that ain't Peyton Manning standing back there. It's not even Brock Osweiler. What can he do? I think he's going to have a big year. I'm a little more bullish on him than I've, I've ever been. I, I really am. I, re- I really do. I think he's going to have a big year. I mean, I'm – look, Peyton Manning's gone. That year is done. Kubiak's going to start going back to what Kubiak does. And that's run the football, throw to the backs – and and that's what he does. And C.J. Anderson's built for that. And, I mean, you know, Devontae Booker is basically going to be the the Ronnie Hillman, I guess, in this puzzle now. Right. And um, so he'll he'll get some work. I don't see a whole but lot. He's not going to get the work a Ronnie Hillman would have got, at least not early on. No, I don't think so. At least not. So C.J. Anderson has an opportunity to grab this job by the throat and never give it back. Whether or not he does it, you know, as we've seen, that's a big question mark, but he's going to have the opportunity anyhow. Yeah, I think. And, you know, they made uh, the announcement that Virgil Green will be starting tight end. This could be big, especially at the beginning with a, with a young kid, Simeon, right. right there. You know, after Indianapolis, the tight end really wasn't that big of a deal with Peyton Manning for whatever reason, just in that format. Which seemed odd. And maybe Green won't be either. Maybe it's a Kubiak scheme. That I don't know. But, um, I mean, there never was a big tight end boom in Houston when he was there. No, no. Owen Daniels would have his moments. And he was in Denver. Yeah, and we we all drafted him as the number one tight end, and that that proved uh, useless. Exactly. So, I'm just not ready to anoint Virgil Green as a as a tight end one yet. Hey, I I got to see a little yeah. bit of Denver here. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't mind him having having him on a roster, but I want somebody, hey, even like a Witten or somebody to start. It's oh, yeah. not going to oh, kill yeah. you before you see what's going to happen. Yeah, if, with I, this guy. if I have six or seven bench spots, I think he's worth rostering. Yeah. Or I'm in a 16 team league, but, no. but beyond that, I don't know. I'll, I'll wait, take a wait and see approach. Now the Titans, Rick, blew out some. Uh, disappointing talent, all of which were on one or more of my fantasy teams <laughs> over the last three or four years. Justin Hunter, your dog, Bishop Sankey, and <laughs> yeah. Dexter McCluster all been cut. Hunter signs immediately with the Dolphins. Bishop Sankey signed to the Patriots practice squad, which yeah. blew me away, and Dexter McCluster remaining unsigned. Right. And, you know, I mean, I can see why. If you if you look at that backfield, you, know, you got DeMarco Murray – 
Yeah, you know, we talked about Henry last week on on how good of a preseason and camp and everything he had. I'm ready to say, Rick, real quick, and I'll let you get back to your point. I'm going to go on record that Derrick Henry finishes the 2016 season as a top six fantasy running back. I've shoved all in on Derrick Henry, even with DeMarco Murray there. Yeah, see, I'm going to disagree with you there. They didn't get Murray in there to have him on all, the bench. all in. But getting back to the point, you got Murray, you have Henry, you also have Antonio Andrews. Remember how everybody was high and jumping on him? Well, there's three backs that's pretty doggone good. Oh, yeah, you knew Sankey had to go. What surprised me was he ends up on a practice squad. Yeah, and McCluster's unsigned, so obviously... Somebody who needs a kick returner or a punt returner will bring McCluster in, and that's about all... He's about all he's good for anyway. He's never filled that, that role in Tennessee that he filled in Kansas City where he was sort of a reliable bi-week, kind of plug him into your flex. He'd get three or four grabs. Maybe he'd bust one. Right. Maybe he wouldn't. But he was one of those nice little extra pieces and never was really that guy in Tennessee. He didn't seem to fit that scheme. Yeah, exactly. But that'll be interesting to see. I got how... I wanted to tell you, okay. Rick, because of your hatred for Bishop Sankey. I'm not over hatred. the years. I'm a truther. You're a truther. <laughs> you're a non-truther. Or falser. I don't yeah, know. Whatever I'm... you are on Bishop Sankey. That's the only reason I thought this was funny. So I had had in my head that Sankey had signed to the Patriots practice squad. And as I wrote it down on my notes, I, right. I show everybody on the TV here my note sheet. It didn't sound right to me. No way Bishop Sankey's on a practice squad. Anyhow, so I went to the Google machine and I Googleized Bishop Sankey to make sure I was right because we spread enough misinformation over these well, airwaves. Yeah. I wanted to confirm a little something. So I write in Bishop Rick, and you know how Google will give you suggestions. Right. I am not kidding you, and I did cartwheels. It didn't turn out to be what I thought it was, but I did cartwheels because the very first suggestion when I type Bishop into the Google search bar was Bishop Briggs. I am doing jumping jacks. I am all excited. Turns out it's some indie rock singer whose real name's Sarah McLaughlin, but it's not the Lilith Fair Sarah McLaughlin. It's some new Sarah McLaughlin and didn't want to be confused with the old Sarah McLaughlin, so she named herself Bishop Briggs, and she must be big with the kids or something. I was so disappointed, but I was but siced <laughs> Bishop Briggs. Your hatred for him has gotten to the point where you're indelibly linked together on the Googleizer, but yeah. it turned out to be nothing. It was just some chick singer. Yeah, but I yeah. was excited <clears throat> for a minute. You know how you get those two minutes of excitement, like when you get the first two Powerball numbers or something? Yeah, exactly. You know you're going to get punched in the gut, but for those two seconds, buddy, I enjoyed it. I was really excited. You know, while we're on the subject of Tennessee, I mean, just talk about disappointment after disappointment, you know, Bishop saying so how about Kendall Wright? Here he is out week one, yeah. already a hamstring injury. He's already behind. And they've uh, cut Hunter, and they've sent Green Beckham away. Right. You know, and he's still behind, you know, Sharp you know, in the rotation as it is. And Richard Matthews. So he was already well, yeah. looking to be the three. Right. And, you know, if he he's going to be out the door pretty soon. I, I would have to think. And this guy, when he's got it right, and it's so rarely – it, you know, it's hard to keep track of, but when he's got it right, this guy's been, from a fantasy perspective, he's been legit. He's been a legit two for stretches of, unfortunately, four or five games. Well, we had to draft here a couple of weeks ago, and one of our compadres made the point that year, whatever year it was, it must have been about three years yeah, ago now. it feels now, like it's been that anyway. When I walked up with Kendall Wright, oh, it, was, must it have been was like late. about 
fifth or sixth round or oh, something like that. We carried you out of that draft in our shoulders. Well, I mean, I walked away. I thought, man, <laughs> talk about super value. That guy was a bum. <laughs> and that was probably the best year he had. Yeah, yeah. It was always in short stretches. The, the kids got the skill set, but it uh, just – just never translated for whatever reason. Last thing I have on the cuts, I just found I was all excited. I was going to lead the newscast when I saw Justin Forsett got cut by the Ravens. That was a wow moment. And then they turned around and re-signed him again real quick. It was just a salary cap move. Slid him hundred grand under the table, from what I understand. Bring him right back. So I guess all I can tell you, uh, avoid, unless it's a bye week or a desperate situation, I am just avoiding that Baltimore running back situation. Well, what do you do, though? Um, I mean, obviously, Forsett, and I said this before, he's he's still the number one. Right. So he's a, he's a starting running back. I mean, he's he's backed up by Terrence West, who really didn't show us, you know, have all that much success in Cleveland. Had a good camp, and everybody's all, all right. excited for him. But and then Buck it's, Allen. It's Terrence West. Buck Allen, the darling of last season right. that never really panned out. I still They're th- all going to get their work, Rick. It's I, that simple. I mean, I'll tell you what. See, this is my, this is my point. If Forsett's on, he's clearly the best running back. Oh, no question. No so, question. So, you know, I'm not so sure – Especially after the first couple of weeks, once the, you know, this this RBBC experiment's done, I think you're going to be pretty much good to go. Be honest with you, with Justin Forsett, you're going to know within by the end of week three, it's going to be down to two, right? Nobody's going to run a legitimate three man rotation. I, I don't see that happening under any circumstance. I think it's West actually that that backs out. You know, other people seem to think it's Allen. Look, Forsett, he's going to be on the field early downs. I think Forsett's going to be on the field in goal line situations. So I think he's going to be the most valuable from a fantasy perspective. But but honestly, Rick, do you want to mess with him on a week-to-week unless you're in a real rough situation? You can name a whole lot of guys, and the answer is, and, and here I'll, I'll put the notice out now for all, all you listeners and callers to the slant and, and in the mailbag. If your question is a hunk of Swiss cheese and Justin Forsett, <laughs> I'm probably going with the Swiss cheese, and you, you can work backwards from and there. And we'll argue because like. I will go with Forsett over Swiss cheese because I love Swiss cheese. See, I don't. Oh, my. Well, let me couch That's that. my fit. The stinkier, the better. See, I can't just sit down and eat it. Now, I love Swiss cheese on a uh, what, what is it? a pulled pork sandwich with the barbecue and the pickle. There, it tastes good there. Or on a burger with mushrooms. But to just, like, put it on a cracker, Swiss mm. cheese is just a hideous substance. Oh. And I don't – it just must work well with the barbecue sauce or something that I, I can, can grab, eat. It's got to be melted. It's I can grab be a block of that and just start – Oh, that's, that's <laughs> disgusting. No, I know. That's it horrific. Awesome. That is absolutely no, horrific. No, it's just who, delicious. Who does that? Do you, do you eat that other junk? What's the other stinky cheese? The uh, Limburger. Limburger. Wow, do you like no. that stuff? Nobody likes that, right? You just eat it to tell all your buddies you eat know. Limburger, right? Apparently somebody eats it somewhere along the way. Well, line, over but... in Europe, those maniacs will eat anything. You know, the nastier it tastes, tastes the better. I guess. This is yeah. why I'll never see Europe. You know, that's one place. Here's one thing you're never going to read, one headline you're never going to read, is Rick Fligger dies in a transatlantic flight on the way to Europe because I ain't going. It just ain't going to happen. Yeah, I believe you. <laughs> Quite frankly, I don't want to go to Canada or Mexico either. 
I don't like to, I've, I've discovered, I don't want to go anywhere where my constitution isn't in effect. Well, I've been to Canada. I bet. One time. I didn't mind it when you could just, just drive Niagara up. Falls, yeah, yeah, I didn't mind when you could just drive up, flash your driver's license, and right. roll through. But now it's a whole rigmarole. And, you know, in the old days, you could stop at those duty frees and smuggle back a case of whiskey and 12 cartons of cigarettes. Now they want to beat you down for that. It just got, everybody's gotten too uptight with yeah, it. Yeah, the whole world's just gone mad. Well, yeah, that's what's happening. All right, Rick. Well, that it, yeah, we can call it a break right here. So let's take a break. We will come back and preview the entire NFL season, get that bookie on the other line, put him on hold, and here on the Arena Sports Network, we will be back with the preview right after this. Welcome back to the Asylum Sports Show. We are Flieger and Briggs here in the Arena Sports Network. Hey, folks, we hope that you're enjoying our programming here on the Arena Sportsnet family and networks. We'd love for you to become a monthly patron by logging on to patreon.com slash arena sports net. You can help us continue to bring great programming such as the Asylum Sports Show. That's my favorite show. Yeah, Snowman in the Morning and others. And also help us achieve our top goal of bringing the spotlight back to the student athletes. So get on there. Don't be a chiseler. Don't be a cheapskate. Get on there. Help out the estate. That's right. Arenasportsnet.com. Help us out. Be a All doobie. Right. Don't be it, a don't It be. is time. We have got tens and tens of people, Rick, on pins and needles right now waiting for our NFL preview. So let's get right into it. I want to wrap it up this segment if we can. Let's start in the AFC, and let's start, Rick. You can go first with the AFC East. I am, and I'm probably going to shock a lot of people. Oh, I'm holding, I'm gripping, gripping my seat. Rick. Because gripping I am it. going with the New York Jets oh, wow. to take the AFC East at 11-5. and five. New England bounces back after kind of a rocky start to finish 10-6. and six. I got Miami and Buffalo 7-9. I couldn't go any higher for either one of them. I think they're – I think Miami has a little room to grow. Buffalo just seems to be falling to pieces already. Yeah, and you get both Ryans in one spot. Right. Just disaster. It's got to be impending, right? It I agree. Buddy, they are not. <laughs> Certainly are not. Exactly. Well, Rick, we're, we're, we agree in the middle, but we are opposite on either end, Rick. I got the Pats once again at 12-4. and four. I think they go 2-2 two and two during the Brady suspension. And quite frankly, I think Brady comes back and he can go ten and two from there on, finish twelve and two. I got the Dolphins at eight and eight. I'm I'm liking what they're doing on offense. Bills at seven and nine. I think they take a step back. Too many Ryans in one building just crushes a defense. Just crushes the defense. And I got the Jets. Really, Rick. this is a gut feeling. This is a gut feeling. They're going to struggle this year. I got the Jets finishing six and ten this year. Wow, I've got them eleven and five. It's a gut feeling with them. I think this offense is going to click, and I think the defense is good enough with that schedule just to keep them right there, where Fitzpatrick and company can score more points. Yeah, you like what they have offensively. I think you know what I think it is. They're a little old. You know, Brandon Marshall's a little old. Eric Decker's a little old. Ryan Fitzpatrick's a little old. Ah. The defense is a little old. The running backs are old. I just, I, some, I, they're, you're probably right. They're probably going to win this thing. I got a 
bad feeling about the Very Jets. possible. You start getting up around those low 30s, you know, and some of these guys, especially running backs, you know, Matt Forte, anything can happen. You could have a big year like Thomas Jones did, right. or you could just fall off a cliff yeah, like uh, Franco Harris in uh, Seattle at the end of his <laughs> exactly. career. You could have that. Man. All right, let's move on to the North. Right? You go first right. with the North. I'll start the North here. I got the Bengals winning this thing again, Rick, at 11-5. and five. Steelers following them up at 10-6. and six. Now, here's my asterisk. I base this 10-6 and six on fully on the assumption that Ben Roethlisberger is going to miss four games. So this team could easily go 13-3. and three. I have no confidence that Ben Roethlisberger is going to play 16 games. So I believe he's going to play 12 games. That translates to 10 wins for me. That's simply where that that team is good enough to win 14 games with a healthy Ben Roethlisberger. I just don't see it. it I've got too much evidence to the contrary the last several years. Ravens struggle again. This ain't your daddy's Ravens defense. The offense is fine, but unspectacular. I got them at 6-10, and 10, and do we need to talk about the Browns? I generously gave them 3-13 and because I'm an RG3 <laughs> fan. I could have easily gone 1-15, but I, I like RG3. All right. Well, I mean, I'm I like Pittsburgh. I I see no reason in the world why Pittsburgh doesn't win 12 games. I have them at 12 and four. I think the defense is good. I think it's a brilliant move bringing in Justin Gilbert into that yeah, secondary. Yeah, we didn't talk about that. In the, in they the paid nothing for first round potential, and this I hope Justin Gilbert. And I'm sure he's listening because he always listens well, to the asylum. He is a big asylumite. No yeah, question there's no about doubt. It. You know, but just to go, I mean, this is your last chance, Texaco, right here, pal. You start showing attitude in that Pittsburgh locker room, you right. either get straightened out real quick or oh, you yeah. hit the road. Yeah, they, they will stomp you. Yeah. Stomp you. So, but I, I really like this kid. I think he's, I think the potential's there. The price was right. And, and it just adds, number one, he's the most talented back now in that secondary come by mid-season. If they can get through the first half of the season, he gets into that defense by mid-season, I think 12-4 and is not a stretch at all. Yeah, this is a team as bad as they were defensively. They create a lot of turnovers. I'm a little worried about the linebackers. They got a lot of injuries there in the, in the linebacking core and along the D-line. Quite. They're, they're nicked up. They're not a lot yeah, of long-term. Nothing serious. Dupree's out for a while. So I'm a little nervous about those sack totals. But that defense... For as many yards as they gave up, we're a really good scoring defense, mm-hmm. really good in, in terms of turnovers. Almost, I hate this phrase, but a bend but don't break kind of defense, which is what they wound up being. And, and I think you see the same thing, and that keeps them competitive. Plus, with Ben on the field, the ability to put up 40 every week, each right. and every week, once exactly. Bell, especially once Bell comes back. I agree. I have Cincinnati second at 10-6. and six. Baltimore, I think, like you said, I think they're going to struggle. I gave them a little better. I gave them seven and nine, and Cleveland, mercifully, I gave them a four and. 12. Oh, you gave them four. I gave them four. Very generous. So uh, that's how I see the North. Uh-huh. Let's move to the South, and I tell you what, I like this division to be tight down to the wire. But I'm going with Jacksonville Jaguars. I think somehow they squeeze out a ten and six record. I like Houston at nine and seven. Indy doesn't turn my turn me into a truther just because Andrew Luck's back. <laughs> You're not a Luck truther. Well, I don't like a 33 or 34 year old running back with the mileage that believe, Gore has. I can't believe they didn't address that position. Shocked. Right. Exactly. The defense is still a little suspect. So I put them at eight and eight in uh, Tennessee. They still have 
you know, a ways to go. I got them at five and eleven. Save for one game, Rick. I got the Colts at seven and nine. Other than that, I'm in lockstep. All right. I don't know if this is my fantasy mind outweighing my my football logic with, with Jacksonville. Quite frankly, with the, te- the Texans defense, that that team could rattle off in that division. They could rattle off ten wins quite easily. Yeah. I just think Jacksonville. They're going to have an easy schedule. Finishing middle bottom of that division, I, they're going to score enough points to win games. That's I got them at ten and six. Texans at nine and seven. I got Colts at seven and nine. Is the only place we differ. It's one game. Yeah, I'm not an Andrew right. Luck truther. I can't believe the defense stinks. Let's be honest. The offensive line is terrible. Yeah, you got two good, really good wide receivers. You got a really good tight end. You got an offensive lineman who can't protect a guy who you almost got literally almost killed last year. Right. You almost let him die. They didn't address it well enough, if at all. Did nothing to address the running back position. Seven and nine, eight and eight might be generous for that team. That is all on Andrew Luck right there. Any wins I'm giving them. Yeah, you're exactly right. And the key to Jacksonville is this. And I've said this since midseason two years ago when they were losing these games by three or they'd be up by seven and losing in the fourth quarter. Once they realize how good they are, and they can actually start holding on in a big game, be it a Kansas City, be it you know Houston, mm-hmm. something like that, and get a couple of those wins under their belt, then I think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with, at least in that division. Right. They're not there oh, yet no. in the playoffs. No, no. But I think a division championship is a major accomplishment for this oh, team. Oh, for that franchise, it's massive, and it's – it's a division up for grabs, quite frankly. Yeah, I agree. Real big stack of mediocrity there in the AFC South. So I'll start us off in the West. Rick, don't know if this is a surprise, but I like the Chiefs here at eleven and five. Chiefs win the division. Now here's where it's going to be a surprise, and I'm going to have to justify. Well, I'm just going to say so. Broncos at nine and seven is where I have them. I get the Raiders still at six and ten. Love what they're doing. I'm just not ready to buy into the Raiders quite yet. And the Chargers, they stink four and twelve. Now, now back to the Broncos. Here's okay. here's my argument. You win a Super Bowl purely based on defense, purely based on defense. That offense was horrific, with a Peyton Manning who who barely had the arm strength to hand the ball off, let alone throw it downfield. They played a lot of close games in all those games. They won. They won every play every playoff game with the Super Bowl by the skin of their teeth. I think there's a calming influence. There's a, a not here, now hold on to your seat, Rick. This is a big, big statement I'm about to make. Yeah, it could be a stunner, uh, folks. Be ready. There is a pretty big knowledge and leadership gap between Peyton Manning and Trevor Simeon. Now, I'm going to wait and let that sink in for you a minute. Let it sink in, Rick. Really? Yeah. Okay. So, as good as that defense is, I think that offense is going to be that bad. I really, really do. You have the Super Bowl hangover happens to a lot of teams. I think they're still a playoff team. I might have gone too far at nine and seven. You could bully me into ten and six, maybe even eleven and five. But the point is, I don't think you go back to back double digit wins and certainly back to back championships with real question marks at your quarterback position. I don't care how good your defense is. You, get, you got away with one. I don't think it's going to happen again. Now, maybe Trevor Simeon's the real deal. You know, maybe there isn't that gap that I so boldly predicted between him and Peyton Manning. 
maybe it's not as wide as it is, I think. It's Trevor freaking Simeon from Northwestern. I just have a hard time believing he's going to come in, take the reins of a Super Bowl team, and keep that train moving down the tracks just the way it did last year. I, I tend to agree with you, but on the same token, I don't particularly like this division. And I think that divi- the defense of Denver still holds him in there. And we just talked about C.J. Anderson. I think he's going to have a good year. Yeah, we still have Emmanuel Sanders. You still have Demarius Thomas. I like Denver. I take. I have them taking the division. I, I somewhere along the line. Do you with, know Rick the fall? And, and I hope he. The value is there. I did two drafts over Labor Day weekend. I got Demarius Thomas in the seventh and eighth rounds, respectively, in those well, sure. two drafts. He's fallen that Simeon. far. Of course. I'm playing Demarius Thomas in a flex position in two leagues. I'm feeling pretty good about yeah. that. I think he takes a dip, but he doesn't take a dip to a flex starter. No. I am sitting pretty yeah, with him we said in my that. flex. We said that before. Have you been following the asylum? Yeah. He's fallen out of the elite category. Yeah, he's not top 12 But now. he's not a bum. No. I mean, he's not an eighth rounder. But anyway, I like Denver. I think they still uh, take the division. I gave him eleven and five. Oakland, I think, f- finishes second at nine and seven. Kansas City, I have at eight and eight. Look, Jamal Charles already behind schedule. They're not going to win ten games in a row. <laughs> Probably so, not. You know, and and with the that the start they had, then they won the ten in a row. I don't see that kind of. Uh, a run. They're not taking anybody by surprise now. The schedule's a little tougher this year. So I have them at 8-8. Eight and eight. Kansas City, excuse me, San Diego. They stink. I don't like them, but somewhere along the line, with Phil Rivers in that offense, I see 7-9. and nine. Oh, with a Phil Rivers, with, with the weapons they have, they can go into right. a Denver and win a game. They can go into Kansas City and win a game. No question about that. So, I mean, I have them last, but I have them 7-9, and nine, not like a 3-13 and 13 I got them 4-12. They're yeah. terrible. Just terrible. We, we shall see. I think Melvin Gordon takes a big step forward this year, and, and Phil Rivers will still throw for 45, 4,600 yards, oh, yeah. probably no 30 touchdowns. So. 28 interceptions is my fear to go with those 30 touchdowns. I see it doesn't fit. I know. I I'm going to pull these stats up. I pulled them up last year, and everybody I probably wasn't crying about Phil Rivers' interceptions. Put him up against um, Ben and Eli, and he had like the least amount at that yeah. time. I don't yeah. know what it was last year, but he didn't have a bad year last year. No, well, they had some pretty good years there in San Diego. All right, Rick Briggs, we're right on schedule here. Why don't you run us the whole way through your AFC playoffs? Okay, now if I got the seeding correctly, I had uh, that was my biggest struggle yeah, exactly. with doing this was seeding them and but trying I, to figure out tiebreakers. It was horrific. But I had New England taking out Jacksonville. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. You didn't have them winning the division. No, I had them as a wild card. So I had them taking out Jacksonville, and I had um, Cincinnati actually getting a playoff win over the Jets. And then uh, so we move forward. Pittsburgh. I, I just like Pittsburgh this year. And I had them actually beating New England and then Denver over Cincinnati. And then I have Pittsburgh taking out Denver for the AFC title game. All right. So makes the homer pick. Got the Steelers going to Super Bowl 51. Rick, of course, my buys were the Patriots and the Bengals, if I got the tiebreakers right, Right. between the Bengals and the Chiefs. 
So in the wild card round, I had the Steelers taking out your Jaguars. I got the Broncos taking out the Chiefs. In the divisional round, I got the Broncos knocking off the Patriots. I've got the Bengals getting that win, exacting revenge on the Steelers. And in the AFC Championship, Rick, I never thought I'd write it, but I mean it. I have your Cincinnati Bengals on the road to Super Bowl 51. They play offense. They play defense. They got a. Here's the tiebreaker for me. They got a backup quarterback as good, if not better, than their starting quarterback. If something goes wrong, they've got two star caliber running backs. They can outscore you. They can beat you nine to three. I hate them as a Steeler fan, but love them as a prognosticator. And the Cincinnati Bengals off to Super Bowl Fifty One. But they never. They can outscore you, but they never do in the playoffs. So. I'll this leave is it at year. that. This okay. is the year. Let's go to the NFC, buddy. All right. You can start this show in the East. I will start us in the East. Boy, this is going to be another stack of mediocrity. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be rough. I got the Redskins repeating as division champions, which is hard to do because I believe it's been conservatively eight, 182 years since they've made the playoffs <laughs> in back-to-back years. But this division, Rick's just going to be a battle of attrition, and I think they win the division again at nine and seven. I think good quarterback play, a slightly better defense than I have, who than who I have in second place at eight and eight is the New York Giants. I think your quarterbacks are a wash. I think your your skill position guys, the Redskins, are deeper versus the upper end talent in an Odell Beckham and a Rashad Jennings that the, that the Giants have, and the Redskins defense just one game better, and I think that's what it is. Cowboys, look, I like what Dak Prescott did in the preseason, but that's where I think it ends for me. I have no faith Tony Romo gets back, and if he does, he gets back in enough time to make a difference. I got them at six and ten, and the Eagles, who have, if, if you're watching this on the video feed on uh, what what is it, Asylum Football. YouTube account, whatever you call it. Yeah, the Asylum Football Network. Look at it. If you're watching, you can see what I'm doing. I don't know. Can you see my foot? I'm punting, and that's what the Eagles did, punting this season away, and they finished 2-14. and Well, for the NFC East, I am going with your New York football giants. I love this offense. And, you know, the defense, they don't have people blowing their fingers and stuff off this year. (laughs) I think that solidifies good enough. So no firecrackers <laughs> equals division champion. Exactly. Or Rick no Briggs. missing digits. Speaketh Rick Briggs. Right. <laughs> I have them squeaking out a ten and six season. I do have Washington second and eight and eight. Um, you could flip flop them. I mean, you know, I think it's going one game. That's yeah, what it's going to come. It's going to be close. Dallas, I can see them seven and nine if Prescott pans out. He's got to pan out so much better than the direct that they threw oh, on the field yeah. last year. It was excruciating. Who's that little guy from Boise who actually got the win? He's literally like yeah. five four. Yeah, I <laughs> forget. Mickey Rooney, I don't with know. With rocks in his pocket. Yeah, and I'll give you Philly at four and twelve. Ooh, you're giving him four. I like it. Yeah. Very I, generous you are. <laughs> I am kind. <laughs> I am kind. But that's how I see the East. In the North, look, this this is Green Bay's division. I got Green Bay 13-3. and three. Um, Had a notion to put them at 14-2, and two, but, you know, I'm, I'm not that generous, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I think Minnesota with their defense, Adrian Peterson, and, and now with Sam Bradford in there, can scrape out a 10-6 and six record. 
I have Detroit and Chicago coming in. Yeah, you can flop them around any way you want. I got Detroit seven and nine, Chicago six and ten. All right, I this one was easy for me at least at the top. I too have the Packers at thirteen and three. No need to break that one down. That is what it is. Lions, I have at eight and eight. Now, I'm going to throw this out there. I think the Lions, if they weren't the Lions, could win ten games. Attention, fantasy owners. We all mock Matt Stafford, and I'm going to raise Briggs hackles here when I bring this up. They have basically fully committed to going no huddle all year long. This bodes really well for Matt Stafford getting handy 5,000 yards again. This is big for Golden Tate. This is I'm falling more and more into the Marvin Jones love fest that's going on. The, the, the prospect of those stars in the no huddle has just got me giddy giddy with the anticipation i have them at eight and eight i got the vikings at eight and eight that defense is good enough and adrian peterson's good enough to win eight games but i think that's where it ends there rick the bears are a disaster they are a show i got them at three and 13 and i think i may be generous there you got jay cutler who's jay cutler you got Alshon jeffrey who's fantastic but you're a langford guy i am a langford guy but Martellus Bennett's gone. The defense is just a Zach crime Miller. scene. He's your your man, Zach My Miller. My man, Zach Miller. The defense is literally a crime scene. That team is going to be bad and finish 13-3. and three. But they played Detroit twice. You know they'll get one of them. Maybe. No, there's no maybe. It's Detroit, Detroit's Detroit. But I they mean, may score. That. They may score 80 on them. No. Matt Stafford. Giddy. I'm giddy about an 8-8 eight and eight team. With Matt Stafford, I'm who had about one the offensive number, who had one seat last year, it doesn't intrigue you. Last, Matt Stafford running a no huddle. Last year, I will hand it to Matt Stafford, though he had his second good season. All right, all right. Still not a Matt Stafford believer. I'm a little more optimistic after last year and the prospect of a no huddle offense. That being said. I still don't see them winning more than seven games. Can I say something that's going to sound incredibly stupid, but I want it on tape in case I'm right? Okay. And this is a real feeling I have. I think Calvin Johnson, your boy Megatron, going away and going to this no huddle, losing Calvin Johnson may be addition by subtraction for the fantasy prospects, not football, for the fantasy prospects of a Matt Stafford. No longer oh, do you have to force feed the superstar, which I don't. You know, Calvin Johnson was never it one was of those. Was to Golden Tate when, right. a couple years ago when he was injured. It was never one of the. I don't think, at least, I never saw any evidence of it being a diva situation with Megatron. But when you got a guy like him, it's always in the back of your head. He's your first, second, and fourth reads, right? You take that away, you're going no huddle, you're spreading it around. Who cares about Golden Tate? Marvin Jones, he can shut up. If they, I get him the ball, I get him the ball. Eric Ebron, Amir Abdullah, you name it, all that pressure's off. He's just Matt Stafford's doing what Matt Stafford wants to do. He wants to take three steps, and he wants to fling it, and he wants to fling it. I think that is bodes really well for Matt Stafford's fantasy. He's process. gonna have to fling it, and he's gonna have to fling it accurately because the run well, that may be the issue. There. Yeah, that's what he, Okay, and that's one of my biggest fears. You know, Abdullah and Theo Riddick, it's not Ronnie Brown or no, Ricky Williams. No, no, okay, no, you're no. not scaring anybody with these yeah, guys. It's not even Arian Foster and uh, Ben Tate. Oh, Ajayi. Ajayi. <laughs> well, or Ben Tate. Right. <laughs> gotcha. Going in the Wayback Machine. Yeah, exactly. 
All, All right. right, what are we up to? We are to the south. Yes. Right? So th- this was easy at the top and got real squirrely in the middle. I, Carolina, <laughs> what what do you say? Every, still intact. Everybody's healthy. Everybody's back. Cam Newton. Josh Norman gone. Josh, yeah, that hurts. Maybe maybe addition by subtraction there, quite frankly. I got Carolina finishing 14-2. and two. I got the Bucks in second. I'm buying into Jameis Winston. I think the muscle hamster can actually put back to – Put together back-to-back NFL-type professional seasons. They finish at nine and seven. Falcons six and ten. Saints five and eleven. There's just no defense in New Orleans. They can outscore anybody any given day, but when you have to score thirty-five to win, I think that sets up for a rough year for you. I see Carolina winning the division myself. I agree with you there, but I have them at eleven and five. I see this division a little tighter, and I and I adjusted the records accordingly because I think that there's going to be some division losses for a lot of these teams. I have Carolina 11 and five. I have Atlanta at 10 and six. Uh, for some reason, um, I just, I don't know. There's just something about Atlanta this year. That offense looks too good to be as bad as that team is. I know, I'll give you that. Right. I took and, pause when I did this for that reason. And, you know, Sanu isn't the, the second coming of Paul Warfield or Terrell Owens, for God's no. sakes. But, I mean, I think they filled in a piece of the puzzle that Roddy White left a huge gap last year when he was just horrid. I think he's an upgrade over a Harry Douglas, right? True. Yeah, I mean, you look at Harry that's Douglas. That's all he has to be. He doesn't have to be Paul Warfield. or Well, Harry Douglas is what? Third third in line on the left side in Tennessee right, right now. Right. So, yes, obviously he's an upgrade. I got Tampa Bay 8-8. Eight and eight. I'm with you. I'm, I'm believing in uh, the Muscle Hamster and Jameis Winston. I just think it's going to be kind of a knockdown drag-out division. Yeah. And I got New Orleans at 7-9. and nine. Yeah. Uh, There's enough There's enough teams in there new orleans can beat carolina on a given day if carolina defense has a has a bad day drew Brees can outscore anyone that's what's frustrating about new orleans so as you're talking to your bookie just let him know now take no saints bets for me yeah or or anybody because you don't know they could go out go out and put up 45 and win that game they could get their doors blown up they are that bad defensively and that good offensively that it's impossible to predict what they're going to do so only bet the overs in saints game it's going to be interesting to see the difference of the new orleans defense in one year where rob ryan's gone from last year to this year. It's got to be worth a couple games. <laughs> Anyhow, you get that rubbed on out of town. I'm, I think it's just going to be interesting. I All mean, right. I really do. We got to keep moving. We're running out of time, Rick. How about the West? The West, I see Arizona Cardinals taking the division at 12-4. and four. Seattle's going to be right there. I think it's going to be nip and tuck. I like them at 11-5. and five. The Rams, Jeff Fisher, I think you're on the hot seat, bud, and I don't think 500 is going to get it for you, but I give them 8-8. Eight eight. Oh, wow. San Francisco's horrid. I gave them 3-13. and 13. All right. I'm right in the same order. Arizona 13-3, and three, Seattle 11-5. and 6-10 and 10 for your boy, the, the mustache, and I got the 49ers at 2-14. and 14. <laughs> All right. So, some of the records you give people, I don't know – 
if it's mathematically I wondered if I should have gone back and added up. <laughs> yeah. Because there's got to be a finite number of wins that can happen and a finite number exactly. of losses. I, I didn't yeah. do that to I'd mine I'd be curious either. to do that. If I, I may have gotten too many getting generous with you. Were, you get a lot of wins. I think you're over on I'm, the could win. be. All right. So for my NFC playoff picture, Rick, I got Carolina and Arizona with the buys. I got Seattle over Washington, the Packers over Tampa Bay in the wild card round. I got Carolina over Seattle, Arizona over the Packers. So in a rematch, I got Arizona. We're going to have for my your boy here a Cincinnati Arizona Super Bowl Fifty. Wow. Okay, I've got uh, I've got your New York Football Giants upsetting Seattle in in the first round. I got Carolina over Atlanta. Then I have Green Bay over the Giants. I have the Cardinals over the Panthers. No repeat there. And I have Green Bay. Over Arizona and like a it. repeat of the Steelers and Packers in the Super there Bowl. There are three legitimate teams, Rick, coming out of the NFC that can make it to the Super Bowl. You can make an argument for any one of Carolina, Arizona, and the Packers, and nobody yep. could argue with you. And you, you could throw Seattle in there probably, as well. Probably the way they play defense if the exactly. offense performs that way. So then in the Super Bowl, Rick, I have the Arizona – somebody's going to get off the schneid here, and I've got the Arizona Cardinals doing it 33-28 over your Cincinnati Bengals. And I've got to go with revenge is sweet, and I've got Pittsburgh 34, Green Bay Oh, I love the homer pick, taking the Steelers the whole way out. All right, well, that's your NFL preview. You are welcome. Call the bookie when we come back. Rick starts and sits. We were don't play to the camera. When we come back, we got our starts and sits for week one of the fantasy season. You're listening to the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show exclusively on the Arena Sports Net and Arena Sports Net Radio. We'll be back right after this. Heads up! <laughs> Welcome back to the Asylum Sports Show. We are Flinger Briggs on the Arena Sports Network. Hey, more high school football this Friday as the Michigan City Wolves are host to Valparaiso. All right, we start our coverage at 7.30 Eastern with the Hardy Homes of Valparaiso pregame show, and then Brian Snow brings you the play-by-play at the top of the hour. Michigan City Wolves football. Back home on Arena Sports Net. Loving, loving high school uh, football time, good times. Full week of college football last weekend. That was a lot of fun to watch. I'm notedly not a huge college football. Well, I'm not a draft fan. Big college football fan. But there was some good football last week, and I think it takes a tumble now. But it's NCAA is getting a little better at some early early week one really good matchup. That Texas-Notre Dame game, I don't know if you see a better game the rest of the season. Oh, I agree. And how about LSU falling? Yeah. How about Oklahoma falling? Well, that's a Stoops loves to lose. <laughs> loves and, to lose a big game. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. But I'll tell you what. Talk about a statement that was made. Alabama. Oh, I mean, it is God. just – they should just go to the NFL. Probably. Probably. And they probably beat San Francisco and a oh, few other teams. Easily. Easily. But, they'd, they'd rock San Francisco. But no, there's there's some good teams out there. Um, Alabama won, Clemson still two, Florida State a big win over yeah. Ole Miss. That down was a, I watched 20. that game. That was a great game. Were they down twenty three at one point, or they scored twenty three unanswered in the third quarter. Yeah, they were I, down yeah. in the twenties. Yeah, in the first half of that game, just roared back and shut Miss Ole Miss down. A great, Ole Miss is a good team. Yeah, that's a, that's a team that could probably still make some noise. If oh, they yeah. could beat Alabama, they could still make some noise for for the college playoff. Right. Uh, all right, Rick, let's get to it. Finally, we are talking 
not theory. We're talking real fantasy football. We are talking starts and sits. And, Rick, I want to start this one with my start of the week, my lockdown can't-miss start of the week. <laughs> and you know who it is? Uh, gee, Todd Gurley. Well, uh, all right, let's start with that <laughs> disclaimer. Okay. When we do the starts and sits, it's not going to be – I'm not going to tell you to start Todd Gurley and Adrian Peterson and Odell Beckham and Antonio Brown. And I'm not going to tell you to sit Sam Bradford. All right, right. that's not what we're doing here. These are your fringe guys. Right. Flex guys, 50-50 matchups. That's what it's going to be. So are we going to miss on some of them? Certainly, because we're working in the fringes. But if and you want, it's week one. If you want the obvious, head over to the four-letter network. They'll be happy to tell you Todd Gurley is a must-start this week. That's not what we do here. So right. now back, i got to restart my big proclamation okay. over again. Ready. My lockdown, you have to start this player this weekend. And you know who it is? No. It's whoever you drafted to be the number one person at each slot in your roster for week one. It's week one. Don't overthink it. You don't know if the matchups are good or bad yet right. because you haven't seen anybody play. Don't get cute. When we do the slant on Sunday, I'm sure tonight in the mailbag, it's going to be a little thin because if you know what you're doing, week one, wherever you drafted them, save for injury, don't bring me a whole lot of matchup issues. Maybe a flex issue, that's about it. Whoever you drafted as your number one running back, I don't care if they're playing the 85 Bears somehow. You start them this week. Exactly. That is my lock pick of week one. That's it. That is the start and sit. You stole. All right, let's take a break. <laughs> you stole my thunder, partner. I, I swear. And, and we don't. We do not converse. No, no. We speak one, we two say, hours a week. In we this say room. what we're going to cover. You know, we we converse like what we're going to cover, but not what exactly. No, we want genuine reaction. Exactly. Nothing scripted. Here. And that's exactly what I was going to say. This week one, Bozo, start <laughs> who you – I mean, if you drafted whatever, if you drafted – okay, you're going to have changes, okay? For example, if you spent a second-round pick and got Jamal Charles, obviously okay, you've yeah, got some right, issues, right, okay, right. Or, or, or something of that ilk. But if you started – um, or if you drafted, oh, I don't know, pick somebody, you know, Golden Tate as your wide receiver too, he better be in your lineup. It's yeah. week one. Yeah, I'm looking for tough matchups. Right. You probably drafted Jarvis Landry as your number two receiver. Okay. He's going to be in Seattle this week. Right. He's going to have some rough sledding, presumably. The answer is you're starting Jarvis Landry. Bingo. It's week one. Now, in week eight, if this game was happening, and Seattle's the same defense they've been the last handful of years, and and Jarvis Landry and or Ryan Tannehill's been struggling, we'll discuss it then. To quote Rick Briggs, quoteth Rick Briggs, it's week one, bozo. (laughs) And I think we have a title for the episode now, so thank you for that. But 100%, it's week one, you got to roll. Dance with who brung you, right? Isn't that the old saying? You got that right, man. You know, like you said, you're a Langford guy. Well, they're playing at Houston. Bad matchup. Well, it's not a good matchup in Chicago. Just quoting you, Chicago stinks. Horrific. Horrific. I'm Langford's starting. in your lineup. Absolutely. He's exactly. my number two running back this week. You no got it. No question about it. All right, Rick. Well, let's move. Let's see. I'll just uh, – we'll just – 
shotgun style here. It doesn't matter the position. One start I am really excited about, if you're streaming quarterbacks, which I'm doing in a couple of leagues, Derek Carr, a fantastic yes. matchup this week against New Orleans. I think you're looking easily over 300 yards, multiple touchdowns. Derek Carr, a guy who might you might not have necessarily drafted to be the number one, but if you streamed him with, with some other mid-low-level guys, Derek Carr's your man this week. Playing against that New Orleans defense, you better believe it, partner. And I'll tell you what, I'm going for we're, – we're on the fringe, right? Yeah, living live the fringes, in the gray. You have a, I don't know, maybe a Jamal Charles, something like that. Now, now you're not sure what to do. Isaiah Crowell at Philadelphia is not a bad play. I thought I was being sneaky, Rick, and he's my number one sleeper really? at running back. This, this stinks. I, We've got to stop doing it. I mean, I really th- – look, I've, I own Crowell stock this year. I don't think he's going to be terrible. Is he going to be an RB1 or 2? Most likely not. He'll be a serviceable – I think he's certainly going to be guy. a serviceable, maybe even a flex spot as things roll on. Who knows? I don't know how it's going to work out with him and Duke Johnson. Maybe RG3 – or maybe he carries the load, and maybe this actually this offensive line opens up a hole or two. Yeah. But in RG3's legs, maybe create just enough hesitation in the defense where Crow gets that seam. But I don't think he's going to be, I think he's going to be an 800 yard guy, which is serviceable right. in bye weeks. 800 yards, six, seven touchdowns, somewhere in there. And he may not be worth. Um, he may be worth a look in week one if you if like I said you got a Jamal Charles is not playing and trying to think of some other guys that may have been injured somewhere along the line that you were banking on probably not many a week well one. or if you're but a Le'Veon Bell owner Le'Veon you're down Bell a guy and for you week didn't get one. D'Angelo exactly good point you know sort of to my point you want to play your starters but I think if you drafted an Arian Foster is your number two. Right. If you went zero running back, I'd maybe start a Crowell or some of the guys I'm going to yeah. name later on. I think that's where you can stream it because we know that's going to be a rough matchup up there in Seattle. And I think Foster's a fringe starter, even though right, right. now they're listed as a number one. There's too many questions with you-know-who. Ajayi. Yeah. And with the matchup, I think that's a matchup I'm willing to discuss here in week one. So Crowell's an interesting guy. I'll, I'll stick with the running backs, Rick, and I think these are a little more obvious. But looking at the mailbag for the last couple weeks, look, I don't care. First of all, the matchup's great. But we're getting too many questions. I know D'Angelo Williams is a top five running back for these three games before Le'Veon Bell comes back. He is a must-start number one. I don't care. They're Save for Todd Gurley and Adrian Peterson might be the only two I wouldn't start D'Angelo Williams over. He is a candidate for multiple touchdowns. He's going to get all the work. They're going to run the ball. I don't know how many balls he's going to catch, but he's a candidate for two touchdowns each of those three games. I agree. And, yeah, let's and, – and there's no questions in the mailbag with D'Angelo. There actually were a couple, but they're not getting read. Oh, no, you, you I mean, crumpled them up. Well, they're just not – I mean, he's a starter. I mean, it, it. there's nothing to ask. It's not, well, what about D'Angelo and – player x right no i mean if it's not you're not going to have him going up against a peterson or a Gurley. so you start him period yeah. end of story no more discussion right needed. all right okay. give us another start right okay we're going to do another start i went from a sleeper so i'm, I'm going to go to um well 
I, it's not really a sleeper, I don't think. Well, it doesn't have to be a sleeper. It's just a start. Okay. We'll do it. I'm going LaShawn McCoy. And the reason I say him in a recommendation, normally he's just automatic. Mm-hmm. But he's kind of banged up. Buffalo is just falling apart. I think they're going. They're at Baltimore. I think he's going to be one of the few bright spots in this offense. I think you have Taylor, you have Watkins. I think I, the jury to me is still out on Sammy Watkins. I love the talent, but it's it's just so inconsistent. I think Lashawn McCoy has to establish himself for these guys to step up to be viable. Yeah, I. I... I've been excited about LaShawn McCoy. The most excited I've been about him in about three or four years when he was a lockdown top two or three pick right. every year. And I know that was kind of a weird pick. I get, I get it. We, we get a lot of LaShawn McCoy questions. There, yeah. there's, there's players below him that fantasy owners want to start, that they feel more comfortable with. I'm with you. While he's healthy, assuming he's healthy, I guess you never really know with him right yeah. now, unfortunately. He is a starter. I think he does good things. I'm excited about Tyrod this, this season. Yeah. And I think McCoy's a big – if they have any success, LaShawn McCoy's going to be a big part of it. I'm going to go a little deeper here, Rick. I know you're going to be all in on this one. I love the matchup in week one. I'm going to stick here with the homer pick. Jesse James this week against Washington. I'm almost willing to guarantee a touchdown. He is going to get goal line looks anyhow. He's going to have opportunities. I think he's almost a lock while he's the starter for six catches and three-quarters of a touchdown a week throughout the year, which I think at the end of the year, if he plays 16, if Ladarius Green doesn't come back, this translates into being a low-end number one tight end this year. But for week one, love the matchup against Washington. I think they're going to be fairly conservative early on, and that bodes well for Jesse James. Yeah, and I've been tiding Jesse James since back in June. You know, And bringing in Ladarius Green didn't impress me one bit. It was a stopgap measure because Heath Miller had retired – Apparently, they must have known they were cutting bait with Matt Spath. Right. And, but this is Jesse James' position, period. He is the Heath Miller prototype. Uh, he's big. He's strong. He can block. He can catch. And he's not a turtle out there. Right. I mean, he can get a little separation off a linebacker. This kid is nothing but upside. And... Ben Roth, it doesn't hurt when Big Ben's touting you in training camp yeah, yeah, that you're doing all the right things, you're looking good, blah, blah, blah. The guy paid attention to Heath Miller last year. I think it's just a continuation of Heath Miller, and I agree with you 100%. I really do. All right, Rick, keep us rolling. How about another start? You know, I hate to do this Ooh, because right. I don't like him, but I think in week one – Christine Michael. Yeah. At home against Miami, I like Christine Michael as a start. If, if you're one of these guys, the Le'Veon Bell, the, the Jamal Charlie, we don't have to go why. You know, or just maybe a flex spot. Right. I like him in this situation. Yeah, th- this is when you're going to get your use out of him. Right. He got drafted in every draft. If you're going to get any use of him, it's going to be now. Yep. I, you know, Pete Carroll says we're going to try to work Rawls in. I truthfully believe they're going to work him in really slowly. I see Rawls coming out of this game with maybe 10 snaps, so 
four or five carries, maybe a reception, the rest of that work going to Michael. So I agree. I think this bodes well. I think he's got a real good shot to get into the end zone. This this is the week, maybe weeks one to three. It's almost like a D'Angelo Williams situation. We'll see what happens with Rawls at here after week one. We'll see exactly what his role is, but I like that play. I'm going to get another, another start. I'm going to stick with the same game I appear to be stuck on this week, Rick. <laughs> I just must be excited for the Steelers opening Monday night in our nation's capital. A guy you hate with a mad, burning passion. There's going to be no running game in Washington. I don't know anybody on that team that are in this game that I hate. Mr. Deshaun Jackson. Oh, Rick. yes, there is one. <laughs> Steelers secondary, I like what they did bringing in Gilbert. They're still banged up there. They got a lot of question marks heading into week one. That de- defense gives up huge chunks of yards. Who's the huge chunk yardage guy for the Washington Redskins? It's Deshaun Jackson. I think he has a stat line, a three-catch, 75 to 110-yard type of game. If he gets up closer to 100, he has that touchdown. Deshaun Jackson would be a nice flex play this week. I agree. And as much as I can't stand Deshaun Jackson, I, I agree. I mean, the guy's a talent. And and let's face it, the season isn't in the toilet yet, so right. he hasn't quit. Yeah, he doesn't have to quit yet. Right. He's, so He's healthy. You know, he hasn't tried at all all off season. So this is the healthiest he's going to be. Exactly. It, whatever his capacity is to care, it's going to be at its peak right now. <laughs> and he's going up against a banged up, you know, I don't want to say bad defense, I think – you know, by verifiable fantasy numbers, the Steelers' defense is going to be pretty good. But you can get chunk plays, big yardage. I think Kirk Cousins has a nice day. And and after Jordan Reed, who else do you trust on Washington? It's going to be Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, you're right there. All right, how about uh, a sit? Sit somebody down, Rick. Tell them to plan it. Okay, since this game does not start until 8.30, and – well, we're maybe late in the show, obviously. Yeah. Well, we're not watching it, though. We'll be on tape delay, so go ahead and throw it out. Yeah, but we started at 8 on the Arena Sports Net, so by the time it comes on. All right. Yeah. Yeah, but it's still Jonathan Stewart. I don't like Jonathan Stewart at Denver against that defense. And no, it's going to be tough sledding for, for Jay Stu. Yeah. And quite frankly, and I, I don't want to keep predicting the whole season, we're supposed to be focused on week one. Do you feel, as I do, Rick, that what the Jonathan Stewart we saw last year was a bit of a, a mirage, maybe a last hurrah? It's, it's funny. I, he made my overvalued list last year in the 2015 Fantasy Creek draft guide. All right. I got a little heat for it because, of course, you know, I predicted he would be hurt by week seven. Which is a reasonable prediction. But he didn't. Right. Okay, right. so, and, I, and you know, caught a little heat with, it. oh, well, you know, you were wrong about it. No, I wasn't. He was still under 1,000 yards. True, true. He had a paltry, I think, I'd have to look at the numbers, but it was under 20. I think it was 13 receptions for the entire year. That's less than one a game. And in PPR formats, that is hideous. Right. So, you know, Jonathan Stewart, although I was wrong about his injury propensity, he did make it through the season. He was a, under a 1,000-yard rusher. Yeah, 989 yards, mm-hmm. six touchdowns. I don't like that. No. But you always got to worry about the touchdowns with anybody not named Cam Newton right. and Greg Olson yep. in Carolina. 
16 catches. 16, okay. 99 yards and one yeah. touchdown. Okay. Yeah, so this isn't uh, Jim Brown. No. <laughs> you know, it's no, just it's not. not. It's not the second coming of Jim Brown. And, you know, he made my list of overvalued players again this year because – just like you said, I mean, you come was last year a mirage. Everybody has, as you like to say, their underwear it, twisted over their head. Well, it because was, he played sixteen games. It was such a leap from anything he'd ever done. Right. It almost, I, I get your point. What was a mirage was the season one is as good as we thought it was. He just so exceeded my low expectations. I thought he had a great year. Exactly, and he and really everybody did. did. You're right. So, and, but my fear with him, quite honestly, he got through. I think he did. He miss one game. Well, he may have missed right towards missed. the end. He got a little nicked up yeah. towards the end of the year. He had 242 carries last year, Rick. This, this guy didn't have over 180. I don't think any other You're season right. in his career. You're absolutely right. What are the lasting effects on that for a guy who's been known for being a little bit brittle? Quite yeah, frankly, I agree. All right, so let's stick with the sits. Who do I? Here's well, this is that game too. I'm gonna I'm gonna skip that one. You know, one guy I'm seeing in a lot of flex spots, and I saw pop up on Twitter a lot of discussions. A guy I liked going into the year, but with all the with the horrific injury to Teddy Bridgewater, with the, all the turmoil going on at the quarterback position, loved what I saw in, in spurts out of Stephon Diggs last year. The, the Tennessee matchup's actually a pretty good one. That's why I feel it's necessary to bring this up. Stephon Diggs, until we know what in the world is going on at quarterback, I'm taking a big step back, and I, I want no parts. There's a lot of other guys, yeah, Tajay Sharp, just to stay within that game that I'd feel more comfortable with in my flex spot for week one. Yeah, I think he's going to be fine. Once Bradford gets right. gets under the helm, but yeah, you're right. In in week one, um, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I can't really add a Give whole lot. Give me a Michael Crabtree in my flex. Oh, Somebody I feel Michael Crabtree. I think is going to be a, almost a must start almost week to week. This week certainly well, going up against New Orleans. Yeah, we want to add another start. But with but with the high expectations Oakland has. You know, you have Amari Cooper on the other side, Latavius Murray, Derek Carr. This is a good offense. Right. And, and Crabtree is part of that. So, yeah, but anyway, yeah, I agree with, about you with Diggs. I'm going with another sleeper start. And um, it's week one. They're playing San Francisco. Kenny Britt, he could be a real sleeper start in, in, in a flex or maybe, you know, a, a three-wide receiver with a flex I mean, what do you have to lose? This guy is all the talented. You know, Tavon Austin behind him. You know, granted, you have Case Keenum passing or Jarrett Goff, whoever, but I think Keenum's taking. Goff's right now third on the deck. Yeah, well, that's He's not even true, dressing yeah. in week one. Right. Yeah. So, you I can't mean, beat up Sean Mannion. You, you, got, you got a little ways to go here. So, so you have Casey Kasem. Sean Mannion. Yeah, Casey Kasem. <laughs> But, you know, do I recommend Kenny Britt? No, but if you're in one of these deep league 16-teamer or whatever, I'm, I think Kenny Britt could be one of these sleeper stars this week. He's a guy, boy, you wish you could start him. He's got all the talent. You, you, you saw what he did you know, before he ended up in that wide receiver abyss that is was St. Louis and now is right. Los Angeles. 
you know, I've watched enough of the hard knocks that if you watch it long enough, you start to get convinced that these guys like Casey Kasem are, are better than they really are because they, they show the highlight package and the stupid stuff they can all these guys can do on the practice field. Right. You know, throw the ball 80 yards and hit a dime somewhere on the field. The, the crap. But I think they I all can do they that. They all can They're do it. They're in the pros. But, but you don't see it. And so you watch enough of this right. edited up by HBO and you think, holy hell, the, the Casey Casey Kasem's the best quarterback in the league, and the Rams could win the Super Bowl for God's sake. You watch, we're going to. And they start playing football, and they're six and ten, like Jeff Fisher always is. You watch, we're going to get the nasty tweet or the nasty email. The quarterback for the Los Angeles Rams is not Casey Kasem, who is a deceased disc jockey and music show host, but it is Case Keenum. It'll I would happen. expect more from people like you. It'll happen. At Asylum Football, go ahead and send it over, and I'll happily tell you to. I think you hit the wrong button there, Rick. It's this one right here. This is I what did. You I want to judge you. Over. Yeah, I judge That's you. one you're here. Did I, I told you this, and I put this in for you, right? I'm a bad man. Yes, sir. It hasn't fit anywhere yet, but that, that no. was a little present I put on the board for you. All right, Rick, I am going to give us a sit. Now, here's a guy, way more conversation than I would expect. Okay. You got two problems for Martellus Bennett this week in New England. Number one, you got no Tom Brady, so that's pretty obvious, right? Number two, I'm looking long-term on this one. With or without all the murder, this ain't Aaron Hernandez. No. I don't see Bennett having the effect and role in this offense that Hernandez did with Gronk. I quite frankly don't, and certainly in week one. I think you see a whole lot of Gronk, very little Martellus Bennett. And I've seen Martellus Bennett questions all over the social medias. I'm staying away. This is a tough Cardinals matchup. Well, right. I think I think Garoppolo is really going to struggle this week. I think they get two wins while Brady's out. This ain't one of them. I think they could get their doors blown off out in Arizona. Well, Sunday I was night. just going to add the third factor. You said there's no Tom Brady and he's not Aaron Hernandez, but guess what? You're at Arizona. Right. That's and a big at, problem. You know, you got Jimmy Garoppolo. This ain't no treat for week one. Right. Playing Arizona. And I tell you what, I. I I'm with you. I, they could get their doors blown off. I think it could be ugly real quick. I do, too. I yeah. hope it is. It, it might be. But, um, yeah, I agree with you 100%. I mean, we don't know if he's going to be a Randy Moss, and, and I'm using this, you know, metaphorically here, or Ocho Cinco. Right. Moss yeah, grasped that offense. People show up there and can't yeah. do it. Right. Just and Ocho can't. Cinco – had no clue what to right, do in right. that offense. And we've seen so many – how many wide – you can't really say tight end. How many wide receivers have gone in there with a good or great pedigree right. in the case of Ochoa and just washed out? Young guys, veterans, it doesn't matter. And just completely washed out. It's, it must be the most complicated offensive system, and I don't know what it is. And I'm going to need uh, – pretty good history to see if how Martellus Bennett fits in or else he's just going to be blocking on extra points which I think is entirely possible as well yeah and I, you hate to see that because he was a basically a premier tight end yeah, for three or four years top seven or eight guy over the last several years I agree Took a bit of a dip last year got himself out of favor there in Chicago you know they don't put up much with malcontents in New England so we'll see what happens I agree I'm going to give a start, and this is uh, kind of a wanky one. A wanky one. But, I mean, one. you know, most 
fantasy football leagues have defense special teams. Start Houston at home against Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, that that is just uh, – Jay Cutler loves to turn it over. Right. Brand and, new running back. One wide receiver. Zach Miller at tight end. Sure, don't let me make my point. Oh. You just take over. No, it's Go please. ahead. It's, Do you agree with it? No, that's a terrible pick. <laughs> terrible pick. Absolutely right. awful. Ajayi. There we go. We got other buttons, you know. You could put, what's that one there? There's the applause. I like me. my pick. <laughs> I think this one goes on too long. What do I want to get? Let's jump back up to the positive and a start. I'm okay. going st- to stick with streaming quarterbacks. I did it with Derek Carr. I said it earlier in the show. I don't remember what we're referring to. This isn't your daddy's Baltimore Ravens defense. This right. isn't the 2000. What year was that? 2000. 2000. 2001. Year 2000. Like Ravens. This Ravens defense stinks. I know Suggs is back. I'm excited about Tyrod Does that really Taylor. matter that Suggs is back, really? doesn't hurt anything. No, it certainly no, doesn't hurt. I, I don't mean, think it's great a great player. Changer. I don't think it's but, a game changer. Secondary is really bad. You talked about Watkins. We'll see what we give. This is as healthy as you're going to get Sammy Watkins all year. You talked about LaShawn McCoy. I think Tyrod Taylor just comes out the gate swinging here in week one. If you're streaming him with, say, a Marcus Mariota, who I have as a sit this week, going up against a good Minnesota defense who's going to know and have the burden of basically taking this season on their backs, or at least the first half of this season, until Bradford's ready. Mariota, a bad matchup. So, if, say, you got a Mariota and a Taylor or something like that, I think Tyrod Taylor against this defense has a really, really good week. I agree. I agree 100%. And uh, I, I'm really high on this kid. And I think one of the br- I think the bright spots of Buffalo in 2016 are basically going to be all on the offensive side. Right, right. And it traditionally – Rob Ryan will wreck your defense, and that's what he's going to do. In- well, traditionally in, in years past, I mean, it was the Buffalo defense that used to – Keep him hanging right. in there. Kept him at eight and eight every year. It's it's not going to be that way this year, and I, I think it's going to be the offense that is the positive on the Buffalo Bills sidelines there. So yeah, I agree with you there. I'm going to go with a start here, and it's week one. This guy may not have been drafted as your RB one, RB two, you know, but Rashad Jennings. Oh, going yeah, against that Dallas defense. Get him in your lineup. I don't know where you drafted him or for what, but if he's your RB two, you better play him. If you got him just for a reserve, put him in the flex. Yeah, because he's going to see twenty touches this week. He's going to see a lot of work. Dallas defense is very suspect, and I think the Giants' offense is going to be rather potent this and year. Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't I see that the Giants cut Andre Williams, so we won't mm-hmm. have that whole mess down at the goal line? He's finally got. This is Rashad Jennings' show with a little bit of. You know, slash and dash from Shane Vereen. Right. But finally, finally, this is going to be Rashad Jennings' show. I love him all year, obviously. We obviously, talked about that. Tom Coughlin loved the Andre Williams experiment. Right. But <laughs> Tom over. Coughlin's not there yep. anymore. And for a good reason. All right, Rick. Well, that burns that. When we come back, we will open up the mailbag here, getting you ready for week one. You're listening to the Asylum Sports Show here exclusively on Arena Sports Net and Arena Sports Net Radio. All right, welcome back to the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show here on the Arena Sports Net. Look, we set it off the top of the show. You're playing DraftKings anyhow. 
Do your boys a favor. Do the Arena Sports Network a favor. Head on over to arenasportsnet.com. Click the banner. Enter your DraftKings through there. Win your money. Play responsibly. And help your boys out. That's yeah, all we ask, right? That's right. That's my just, commercial read. I don't need any fancy for others you don't care. I don't need this. Just help do us it. out. You're doing it anyhow. It's one extra click. You should have the arenasportsnet.com bookmarked anyhow. So for God's sake, go in that way. You got it. All right, Rick. It's time to open it up the week one mailbag. Let's do it. Let's do it. And uh, I'm going to start reading them this week. All right. And. Uh, is this you've, a, had, you've had the honor the last couple of weeks. Are you impugning my reading ability? Is that what this is? No, it just, it, I just think it's a nice switch for you to get the question right. first for a change. I like it. Let's do it. This is from Rob from Billings. Billings? Where's Billings? Montana. Well, we got a listener in Montana? Yeah, man. Damn. Hey, they watch football in Montana. What are they root for? What's close to Montana? Denver? Probably Green Denver. Bay. Probably Denver, Denver. I would have to say, you know. Let us know, Rob. Who do you root for? Yeah, really. Probably root for the Chargers or but something. But anyway, Rob has week one jitters. I drafted Blake Bortles for my quarterback one and Eli for a backup. Ooh, okay. Now I'm nervous that I should start Eli. Help. Oh. <laughs> Bortles at home against Green Bay. Oh, Eli's got a nice matchup in Dallas. You know what? No. No. I got Bortles as a top 10 guy this year. I'm not playing matchups with Bortles. Eli's a nice backup. He's a nice insurance policy. If Bortles would go down, God forbid, or if he wouldn't perform up to the level that I expect. I don't see. I got Bortles as a top 10 guy. Or I'm sticking with it. It's Bortles every week. I don't even think about it. You know, Rob, we're going to have to go back to the previous segment, you know, from our starts and sits. You it's know, you drafted, <laughs> you drafted Blake Bortles for your quarterback one. Start him as your quarterback one. Look, they're in Jacksonville. It's probably going to be a shootout with Aaron Rodgers anyway. And Blake Bortles has a ton of weapons. Don't sit him for Eli. Look, I, I'm with Rick. I think you did a great job picking up Eli for your quarterback two because any given week he can outscore Bortles. But, you know, he can lay an egg probably quicker than Bortles, I think, with that offense. So, you know, with the Jacksonville offense, stick with Bortles. I I agree. All right. You ready? I am more than ready. All right. This is Eugene from Sioux Falls. Boy, big big out west. Yeah, I like that, man. PPR dilemma. Oh, all right. Pick two running backs. Let me get my pen out. All All right. right. Hyde. Okay. Henry, okay, Carlos Hyde, Derry Henry, Chris Ivory, Frank Gore. Ugh, that is a dilemma. All right. Um, the name that jumps off the page to me, well, he's got a tough matchup. He's going to be split and carry. I think even again in a bad matchup against L.A., and they play really good defense. They're good along the defensive line. Carlos Hyde's the only guy I on uh, on that list that I trust to touch the ball 20 times. So while I think his success may be limited, I think Carlos Hyde gets the touches. I love Derrick Henry. That's a t- really bad matchup with Minnesota. I don't buy this Ivory gimmick. If, you, if the preseason means anything, T.J. Yeldon touched the ball so much more. So he's a – He's an opportunity for a, for a touchdown, I guess. Frank Gore, who I have just no love for whatsoever, but he's got a tasty matchup against Indy or against Detroit. I'm sorry, he plays for Indy. 
am I going to? I'm going to say hide gore, Rick. I don't know why. I don't like it, but I'm going to say hide gore. I think you're going to go hide ivory, aren't you? I'm going to go hide. You like ivory more than I do. Yeah. Well, no. I'm a I'm a Yeldon guy. Trust me. But I do believe that Jacksonville is going to maybe try to control the ball and slow it down a little bit, even though I don't feel they have to. No, just go out and gun. Try to gun with Green Bay. Gore, I'm with you. I, I have no faith in him. I like Derrick Henry at home, but against Minnesota yeah, defense. that's the only problem. I think I'm going to go hide Ivory slash Gore. I mean, just a little bit over Frank Gore. I don't like either one of them. I like Yeldon better than Ivory. But I think they got Ivory for a purpose. He's got an opportunity to get in the end zone. He's so not, does Derek Henry. He's not Toby Nohart. No, that's okay? true. And if they're down on the one, Ivory's getting the rock. Right, right. So no question. I think I'm going hide Ivory. And I wouldn't have any heartburn if you went Gore. Henry, I like later on. Right, right. Okay? He's going to earn more of that right. work as the season goes on. That that's Yeah, that's my take as well. So I think – we're pretty much in agreement. I got Gord, yeah. Ivory, 2A, 2B, whoever you're – so here was it Eugene, right? So, yeah. Eugene, let, let me – because we do this often, and I try to then give you something to make the decision on. Rick, I think we agree on this. If you, Eugene, as a fantasy player, are more comfortable with volume, go with Gore. If you are more comfortable with the likelihood of getting in the end zone, go with Ivory. So, whatever your priority is, Eugene – I think we're both 51-49 yeah. on Very that. Close. So I, I think that's where you go, and I think Hyde's the easy. Although I don't have high hopes for Hyde as the season goes on with this list. And he may on, get killed against the Rams. Well, yeah, that's so, a nasty defense. But I think Hyde, week one, he's a starter. You right. drafted him probably as your RB Two. I'm. I'm hoping these aren't your whole stable. I'm hoping backs. one's a flex. A flex. Yeah. Or, or of he, course, he could have gone. If he went zero RB. Right. This is what you get. Right. This, so, this is exactly how it happens. So you put in your one and two, man. And uh, I have to assume that Henry wasn't your two, but he may be by the time he may be your one by the time the season. I, I over think away. there's no question about it. But yeah, I agree with you. Week eight, I think when you see him flip the script as you will, on DeMarco Murray, and he be, Henry becomes the first option. Right. Okay. Cody from Aliquippa. Cody, oh, local. Homeboy, local. All right. Home of Terrell Pryor. Yeah. Who's better for my wide receiver two? Or no, in, Darrell in Revis. standard. Oh, that's right, Darrell Revis. Not. Okay, who's huh. better for my wide receiver two All in right. standard? Brandon Cooks, Calvin Benjamin, Eric Decker. Okay. I I take Benjamin out of this. He's got the toughest matchup, and this game's going on now, so that'll make it real easy as we listen to this. This comes down to Cook and Decker. Jets, what's their matchup this week? Cincinnati's a tougher matchup. I like Cooks. I think this New Orleans-Oakland game's a shootout. Drew Brees got the nice new contract, feeling good. They're going to be flinging it. I think on a week-to-week I like Decker a little bit, but Cooks, I think this sets up for a big – I think this game gets played in the high 30s. I like everybody in New Orleans. I like everybody in Oakland. I think it's Brandon Cooks for me this week. Yeah, I have to agree with you, Rick. I think 
at first blush, to me, obviously, it was Decker, you know, with the double-digit touchdowns last year. But, yeah, this week one, New Orleans at home against Oakland, I think it's going to be a shootout. I think Cook's all the way. Okay. Sammy from Jersey. You know, you love the guys from Jersey. Jersey. You know. wonder if we'll hear from our boy Jersey in the house on Sunday. Oh, I hope so. But, you know, you get, you know, like we had Rob from Billings, and then we had, uh, you know, Eugene from Sioux Falls, you know, and then Cody from Aliquippa. You know, they're, they're from towns. You know? Yeah, yeah. Not these guys. No, they're they're from, from Jersey. They're from Jersey. That's right. Jersey. All right. Sammy from Jersey. Already had a trade offer in PPR. We had a move in the caveman league. Yeah, no. It was an interesting move, actually. I am offered Dez, Jeremy Macklin, and Eli. Well, this is a big move already, all right. For Amari Cooper, Doug Baldwin, and John Brown. I have Dalton until Brady gets back. I'm glad he included that. Okay, yeah, that's important. Okay, so he's getting Dez, Macklin, and Eli for Amari Cooper, Doug Baldwin, and John Brown. Way too much. He doesn't need Eli. You can live with Andy Dalton for four weeks. Amari Cooper's the best player on that list with Dak Prescott starting in, in Dallas. I, they're close, but I, I like Amari Cooper better than Dez. All things considered, I consider Baldwin and Macklin a push, and I'm not going to give up Brown for Eli when I got Tom Brady coming back in week five. I No, I don't touch this one. I agree 100%. Sammy, this guy's trying to dump Dez on you yep. because he's got a rookie quarterback. Let's face facts. Tony Romo is done. Right. He's not going to he's, – he's done. I, I bet he retires after 2016. And I'm sure, Sammy, that you probably got your copy of the Fantasy Greeks 2016 draft guide. Oh, I'm certainly have. Where my article had Dez Bryant as an overvalued player – for precisely the reason of the fear of the health of Tony Romo. Well, my crystal ball yeah, is you've right. You've been a swami this okay. year. Okay. I don't like He's it. trying to dump Dez on you. Amari Cooper is better. Doug Baldwin and Macklin, I'm, I'm with Rick, is, is a wash. Keep John Brown. He could come in handy if, in case of an injury. Right. You don't need Eli. So, yes, do not even go close to this deal. Okay. We have Cal from Erie, another Pennsylvania All boy. Right, keeping it local. Cal, I like that name, Cal. Yeah, I like that. Cal. It's like a guy's name. Yeah, you know, Cal. There's, there's too many, not not to impugn him, but there's too many Cody's and Zach's and Tyler's out there. Well, that's just I like the, Cal. That's just the, the, the sign of the time. You know, names go. When I was a kid, you know what the most common name was? Bill, Jim, John, John, yeah, John. Yeah. right? You know, well, it's now, all that biblical stuff. John and Mark and Paul, right? Wasn't that the thought? Behind Richard, that? Lion Hearted, you know. Anyway, can <laughs> what you, did name, you just say? <laughs> I was Richard, the Lion Hearted. What's the Lion Hearted? Is that what it means? Well, you never heard of Richard the Lion Hearted? No. What's that? Oh. What is this? Why, why are you rubbing God, your It's basic forehead? literature, but I forget you can't read. Well, I can. I just prefer not to. <sighs> and it probably wasn't on a YouTube video or... I don't do much of the YouTube. Well, what do you watch? I mean, Football. what? where do you get any Oops. of your knowledge of anything other than sports from? 
I don't have much knowledge <laughs> outside of that, to be honest with you, Rick. I mean, you know, oh. I, I've made it pretty clear I don't care at all about politics. I don't, <sighs> I don't care. So who's Richard the Lionhearted? Enlighten me. King Richard. King of England. Oh. You know, during the Crusades and all that. Yeah, that doesn't interest me. All that medieval stuff, I don't care for. It doesn't You ever tried to watch those either. medieval shows and they talk all weird and I don't understand what's now, going on? No, I'll tell you on. what, though. It's all dirty and dark. I didn't care for that. Kevin Costner, you know, the, and, you know, Robin Hood and the Prince of Thieves, that was a good movie. It was all right. That was a good movie. That was a real good movie. Hey, I preferred Robin Hood Men in Tights, to be do honest you know anybody? You. Did you know anybody in history named Cal? Cal Ripken? Other than sports. Oh, no. Think. All right, think. No, just Kyle Ripken. That's all I can think of. And Junior. Well, yeah. Well. That's who I guess I was thinking of. I forget uh, about the old man, but yeah. He was good. He was very I, good. I only remember him as a manager. He was on those uh, Baltimore Oral teams with uh, you know Earl Weaver managed, you yeah, know, back the in the 70s. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I only remember Cal, him as a manager. Silent Cal. Cal oops, why did I bash my just thing relax here? Relax there. Like, Silent Cal. Calvin Coolidge. Oh, right. 30th President of the United States. Who he doesn't move the needle for me. I, he listen, doesn't stick out. Listen to me now. All this right. is a little. I'm getting a history fun lesson. fact. Oh, okay. A fun fact. I'll be the judge of that. Contrary to a lot of people's belief, the Baby Ruth candy bar was not named after Babe Ruth. It was named after Calvin Coolidge's baby daughter Ruth. Really? Yes. Fun fact on the Asylum Sports Show. <laughs> See, you are welcome. So you're learning everything. Now, Cal. Oh, yeah. What's Cal want? Who should I start in PPR? All right. Now we're back in my wheel. Randall Cobb. Okay. Sammy Watkins. Ooh, okay. You know what? No, I'm not going to overthink this. You drafted Watkins way ahead of Randall Cobb, so I'm just going with that. I, I think Sammy Watkins. Uh, do I have the guts? If he can stay healthy, and that's a big if for Sammy Watkins, I think this is the year Sammy Watkins makes a turn into the lower end of the elite wide receiver category. I'm starting to buy into him as I buy into Tyrod. Cobb just doesn't move the needle for me still, even with even with Jordy back healthy. Look, he proved he's not a number one. He, he's good in that role. He fills when Jordy's healthy. But, but for me, for week one, Green Bay's got Jacksonville. That's that's a fair matchup, especially in Week One. That's why I go with Cobb. Oh, and Buff, but Buffalo's playing Baltimore with that. I know, pathetic, but it's still Buffalo. Secondary. You give me Aaron Rodgers and that offense in theoretically a shootout with another potent offense. Two years ago, when Jordy Nelson was healthy all year long, Randall Cobb was a top ten wide receiver in fantasy, Man, and literally. I don't get the warm and fuzz. I don't know why. Well, know I'm why. trying to help Cal out in All week right. one. I think it's a good matchup with Jacksonville as a potential shootout. I go Cobb all the way until you see what you're getting with that Buffalo offense. Yeah. I, I'm gonna. We're we're, we're not going to be able to help Cal here. So, well, you know, poor old Cal is going to be silent like so if Calvin you, Coolidge. If you like the nerd in his literature and his history, then I guess go with Cobb. If you want your information from a sports guy. You can go with me and go Sammy Watkins. I'm going to go down to a question that was later on, but right. Bob from Utica, Utica. wants to know, Bob. when you guys don't agree, 
All right. Who is usually right? <laughs> I did the percentages last year on the slant. You kept percentages? Smoked you. No, you did. Oh, of course I did. You kept track of that, or yes, are you I lying did. to Bob? No, I'm not. I wouldn't. I don't lie to our listeners. I do. Sometimes. In fact, I told you that probably what? around week twelve or thirteen. Well, because it didn't benefit you, so you forgot it. <laughs> probably, you right. know. Yeah, if it didn't help me any. Well, when anyway, going me. back, this what is, was my percentage? This is for Cal. All right. <laughs> Who is usually right, Cal? Briggs we need it. to old Briggs. It. I didn't know you did it, but we do need to. We are make going an to do to it. Keep track of that and our game predictions. We do on the slant. Now I know you lap me every yeah. time we do those. <laughs> yeah, I did. I am horrible. You. Yeah, I am a. I am good for fifty percent, almost on the nose every single the week. The thing about you is, is you're gutty enough to pick the upsets, but you always pick the wrong one. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will predict that there'll be a tremendous upset yeah. that week. It'll just be the wrong right. wrong side. I predict this year this week that Cleveland is going to upset Baltimore. Recapping last week, Baltimore destroyed Cleveland forty one seven. Yeah, that's, that sounds vaguely, but we do need to keep track. So what what were the percentage roughly? I can't remember. Was exactly. I above fifty percent? Oh yeah. yeah. No, we were way up there. Okay. Low eighties. Low to so, mid eighties, so I think. So this percentage where you smoked me. This is just versus each other. Oh or? yeah, of course. It's just you and I. So how, how why would me- I go against anybody? How else? do we measure? I guess just whoever finished higher, even if we both agreed, right? Did you keep track of it on that side too? That's what we need. No, to No, actually, track I of. didn't. That's because we can be that guy who throws it out on Twitter on our fifty-fifty, you know, lineup questions. We're right eighty-two percent of the time, and then right. like everybody else on Twitter will bump it up to ninety-two, and we'll thump our chest, right? Well, that's what we're going to do from now on. Lie to our listeners. I like. No, it. we're not going to lie. Oh, we're going oh. to keep. And, you know, you can help me with this. That doesn't sound like something I'll do. No. (laughs) What I mean by helping is just remind me Mm. to make sure to check it for the next show. I'm real good at telling somebody else to do some work, yeah. Yeah, you like to delegate. Yeah, I can help with that. All right, I'm all But I I will endeavor to take that and keep the stats in like – and maybe we'll take – I don't know if we can do them all. Probably not. Just a healthy sample, yeah, or the big ones that we really debate. You know, because I don't. Know, if we both sit here and say it's not even close, start. Uh, did we have an easy one yet? Not really. But just for argument's sake, if we were on the four letter, no question about it. Take Todd Gurley. Yeah, Rick, wow. I agree. Take wow. Todd Gurley, and then Spencer Ware outrushes him. I don't know if we're going to go back and explore okay, that. Okay, I'm one. not going to do the starts and sits. What I'm going to do, and to all the listeners. On the inside slant. All right. Okay. Or, or I don't know if I'm going to do both, but you tell me. Are we going to keep doing the mailbag on this show? Do you think we should, or should we save it for the slant? Probably should save it for the slant. Huh? I don't know. Because this information is th- pretty old. It, it could be injuries. It does kill a segment, though. Well, it's not which so is much, very important in a two-hour Not so much show. that, but I want all the listeners on Arena Sports Network to tune into the slant. That's right. Obviously. They may be exclusive Arena Sports Net listeners, though. So yeah, I think yeah. we'll have a mailbag on both shows. Okay. So since we're on Arena Sports Network right now, right now, we're going. I'm going to start keeping track of the mailbag. So all the mailbag questions obviously are not easy questions. They're right. not like. Do I start Adrian Peterson this week? No, we send you a picture of our middle finger and delete (laughs) that question if we get it. So test us if you don't believe us. Stuff like that will never get read on this show. You will get a 
There's, response. There are going to be legitimate questions like Randall Cobb, Sammy Watkins, etc. I'll keep track of those, All right. and we'll do a running percentage. Yeah, probably starting like week four or five because All he right. wants to go, yeah. oh, this week. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. I went five or six. Right. Rick okay. Went, yeah, I like it. All right. Now, we're, we have a female listener, Sue from Gary, Indiana. Sue. A boy named Sue. Which tight end in PPR? Witten or Rudolph? That's an interesting question because you just brought up Yeah, Kyle I Rudolph. went on record for Rudolph. I know you're going to go Witten. So, so do I disagree again? I think I do. I, Well... No, because my whole premise was based on Sam Bradford really leaning on the tight. I'm going to go Witten here. In your first professional game, yeah. What is the? there is no better safety blanket in the world than a Jason Witten, a calming influence, good hands. Jason Witten, does he get in the end zone? I don't know. I don't know what his yardage looked like, but there's every possibility Jason Witten has eight catches. In order for Rudolph to outscore Witten, he's going to have to get in the end zone. I'm not sure that's a guarantee this week. I think this is actually Witten and not all that close as I continue to babble on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you can analyze and keep analyzing. Yeah. I think game the first game of the year is Jason Witten, and you don't even think about right. it. I mean, I think you had to obviously drafted Witten Way ahead of ahead of Rudolph because yeah. number one Romo's back wasn't broken yet. That's true. And you know, I mean, Kyle Rudolph has been suspect for his whole career, be it injuries. They just didn't use him all that much when he was in. Just Jason dropping Witten, balls in the back of the yeah. end zone. He Jason really Witten is um, he's a lockdown start as right. a tight end. And granted. They said, well, you know, Jason Witten's really starting to fade away. He still had over 70 catches last year. That's not fading away. Yeah, he's not an elite tight end anymore, but he's certainly a tight end one. So, Jason Witten. And you've got against uh, a defense that that can be suspect against a tight end in New York. You've got a a heralded first-year starter here because of a preseason performance, going to see his first real defense. What better security? If I had to pick one security blanket now that Heath Miller's retired, it'd be a guy like, look, we can talk about Jordan Reed or Gronk, but Jason Witten's going to own the huddle. He's going to be the calming influence. He's going to find a way. Like I said, he could have eight catches for right. 27 yards, quite frankly, <laughs> right. the way I could see this game going for the rookie. But in a PPR, you're talking 10 points. For Rudolph to get anywhere near 10 points, he's going to have to get in the end zone. Yeah, I agree 100%. Okay, Paul from the Berg. Paul. Paulie. Is Sammy Coates a viable flex play yet? I have Alan Hearns and Marvin Jones also. Now, in, in order this week, it's Jones, Hearns, Coates comes third. Oh, easily. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you 100%. I like Hearns first. I like Jones second. But Coach, Coach hasn't even beat out Eli Rogers yet. Right, right. Okay, and as high as I am on Sammy Coates or was coming into this year, he's got to prove that he's on the field, staying on the field, and a starter on the field. You know what Hearns right. and um, who was – oh, Jones, you know right. they're starting. Now, all that being said – I'm sticking with that order. Somebody between Marcus Wheaton and Sammy Coates is going to have a big week one. Antonio Brown's still going to get his. He's going up against Josh Norman. 
He's going up against Josh Norris, so he's not going to have ten for a buck eighty. You, you know what I mean? He might he's, have ten for ninety. <laughs> that's certainly a possibility, <laughs> but I think somebody's going to emerge here because that's just what the Steelers' offense is going to be. But on that list, yeah, good for bully for you. Uh, what was his name? Paul. 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 Yeah. Bully for you. That's a real nice dilemma to have every week. Quite frankly, I throw Coates out of that. I know he asks it because he's a he's a yinzer, and that's what we do. Well, yeah. You throw and that. And look, out. there's a lot of talk locally around about Sammy Coates. You know, a lot of the the national, you know, the national experts, whatever. Nobody paying any attention to him. Right. You know, there's a lot of talk about Sammy Coates in Pittsburgh. But I tell you what. You know, he hasn't – he didn't have a super camp. No, he was a disappointment there. And Rodgers had a good one. That's a guy nobody's talking about. He, he's intriguing. He's exactly. very intriguing in that offense. All right, you're gonna, you were uh, impressed with uh, – what was it? Uh, Rob from Billings. We got Seth from Albuquerque. Albuquerque. I, I knew I should have for out there? San Diego? Yeah. Dallas? I don't know. You're pretty, yeah, you're pretty close to Texas. I mean, Texas is so damn big. Maybe Arizona. They're also big. Maybe Arizona. Well, yeah, the Cardinals. That's true. Okay. Anyway, we I had... knew I should have taken that left turn at Albuquerque. Yeah, that's right. Here's a very interesting question from Seth. We have waiver bucks in our league. All right. Okay? We start with 200 Would you take Jason Witten and 40 bucks for Greg Olson and PPR? Would I take Witten and $40? For Greg yeah, Olson. Yeah, 40 waiver bucks for Greg Olson. No, Greg Olson's the number two tight end in the league, and in my opinion, about the number 15 wide receiver, if you want to look at it like that. I don't know, the way I draft, I don't – maybe if, if you really troll the waiver wire hard, maybe it's worth it. I, I don't much fuss over the waiver wire money, the free agent money. I, I wouldn't give up Greg Olson for anything short of Odell Beckham, for God's sake. I really wouldn't. I agree. I mean – Look, Seth, you got you got the forty bucks. Yeah, that's wonderful, but you have to realize who you're bidding on. Right. I mean, it's waiver wire junk. Right. And you have injuries. Yeah, you may want to get somebody, but you should have drafted a pretty deep team, so you don't really need it. No. Don't give up Greg Olson. Too much of a downgrade. All right, All right, Rick. We got one we can knock out in like forty-five seconds. Um. Yeah, real quick, real quick. Willie Sneed or Moncrief? Phil and McKee Sports, standard. Standard? Standard makes it Moncrief for me. If it was PPR, it'd be Sneed, but standard makes it Moncrief for me. I'm going – boy, I'm going Sneed. I have to go Sneed. It's a shootout against Oakland. You know, I think Drew Brees could throw four touchdowns. And I think Willie Snead gets at least one of them. Well, you could probably have one of them. That's true. All right. Thank you to all who wrote to the mailbag, asylumfootball at gmail.com. If we didn't get to you on the air, we'll answer them on the slant on Sunday. So listen to that. It's coming this Sunday, week one, Asylum Football Inside Slant, 10 a.m. Eastern, blog talk radio, asylumfantasysports.com. Hit us up on Twitter at Asylum Football with your questions. Asylum, again, asylumfootball at gmail.com. We will tweet out the link yep. to the to the inside slant Sunday morning so you can find it. That's right. We are Flagger and Briggs. This is the Asylum Sports Show exclusively on the Arena Sports Network. We'll see you. Take care. To another long work week on, and I'll raise my
but they can't hear the music on the video. So now you're just raising your glass. That's all right. Well, I raise right. it anyway. They deserve it. Thanks for watching. You bet. Anybody's worth a whiskey. <laughs> I can't drink whiskey. It makes me mean. I'm that way with rum. Whiskey, I'm fine. I'm pretty mellow. But rum, to- I got thrown out of more bars drinking rum down Well, you've south. seen what I'm like when I have 80 beers. I'm just like a well, whirling you're a, dervish. You're of obnoxious yeah. Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. I'm just a whirling dervish. I'm just everywhere. You throw one shot of whiskey in that. I'd have flipped the table over and put my head through a wall (laughs) and and punched somebody for not looking at me while I did it. I can't drink. I just can't handle it. I'd I'd love to see you put your head through the wall. (laughs) Then I'd have have driven my shoulder right in your ass and tried to get you the whole way through. (laughs) (laughs) And then run before you got out. (laughs) I wouldn't have caught. I'd have fallen over chasing you. Yeah, you wouldn't have caught even me. No, no, (laughs) No chance. Yeah, let's go. Season 